0: We have hope, hope that things can get better, and they will. I'm called the Jesse James. Jesse, A.K.A. the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you, <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah, the Bizzle. All right, everybody, the Bizzle here. Welcome to season two of Star Wars Rebels. Got through season one <laughs> over the course of a year, but I'm moving quickly now through the commentaries. But as I promised in my recent PSA, I'm going to try and release them a little bit more slowly and um, maybe not have all of them on the main feed, although uh, they will all be available for. Streaming and download on demand at the Bizzle's SoundCloud page. Links will be included here, but this one will definitely be in the main feed and on all the sites because Ahsoka's back, Vader's back in the picture, The Apprentice lives, so much great stuff in The Siege of Lothal. The uh, two episode sort of mini movie, um, a season premiere, a uh, two season two, The Inquisitor is dead. The ghost crew has connected with the main uh, rebel fleet and Ahsoka has emerged back into the picture as Fulcrum, but uh, with Vader in the picture, who knows what sorts of shenanigans they're going to have to deal with. Um, And the uh, brutality of the Empire is on full display, um, but also the hope that both Ahsoka and the wider rebel cause bring to our favorite characters in the ghost crew. So I am going to get you right in to this one. Get plenty of commentaries in hope you are enjoying the bizzle's daily rebels um and i'm going to keep releasing these um as much as possible leading up to uh the new animated series star wars resistance so get your blu-ray dvd media files for the siege of lothal queued up We're going to have a lot of fun with this one and the entire season. I am having a blast doing these, and let's get you into the countdown. Just a reminder, uh, since it's a new season, I'm going to count you down from three to two to one. And when I say go, you hit play, and it should line up very nicely. So get everything queued up, come back when you're ready, and here comes the countdown. All right, here we go, Bezelcast listeners. Three, two, one, go. Alright, people, welcome to Rebels Season 2. Starting off with a two-episode mini-movie. Right in the battle here. We just met Ahsoka. We got the Vader teased, and immediately, boom, they're under attack. This is how you do it. Yep. Just like between Battlestar Season 1 and 2. Good shot, Phoenix One. They're already part of the Rebellion. I'm not sure if time has passed. It's been a while since I've seen this. So I have been recording all day. I've been so excited to get back into this after many months off and <clears throat> excuse me. And uh I was like, okay, I'll get to the end of season one. I'll sit on these. I'll release them slowly and I'll take a break, and then I'm going to take a break, but after the tease, at the very end with Ahsoka and Vader, there goes Zeb, uh, at the end of season one, I was like, I need some more Vader, and especially Ahsoka, uh, to whet my appetite, and then I'll take a couple days off and start recording once more. So this was actually premiered in April of 2015 at Celebration, a Star Wars celebration in Anaheim, and didn't premiere on television until like two months later, uh, which is really interesting. I don't know if they do that anymore. It's great for the people in Celebration, sucks for everyone else who had to wait, and I didn't get into Rebels until season three, and then went back, uh, wh- uh, wh- wherever they were after Rogue One, and that's where I got into it. So here we are. This is called The Siege of Lothal. It's a one-hour-long, two-part television movie serving as the season two premiere. Space battle right off the bat. So those are the mini Star Destroyers I was talking about. I kind of forget what they're called. They're very cool design. Very practical, too, in these tactical battles. You know, when they're fighting against Corvettes, the frigates, the more mid-sized uh, rebel you know, capital ships, makes a lot of sense. Along with the Star Destroyers, there's Hera. We got the whole crew. So, you know, what can you say? This is. I mean, a lot of people are saying season four is the best. Uh, you know, it's. E- I have a lot of theories as to why they say that. There's, you know, major developments, great episodes. Yeah, I also think there was a revisitation of properties like Rebels after the dissatisfaction uh, with The Last Jedi. I'm not going to get to that quite yet. I still think this is probably the best season, but we'll have to watch and find out. Super cinematic. Get a little taste of battle. A couple minutes, and then they, you know, jump out. I mean, that's what the Rebels do. Unless they're taking out the Death Star or, you know, getting the plans off Scarif, they're getting out as soon as they accomplish whatever they need to accomplish. Even in Scarif, they get the plans... Almost everyone's dead on the planet and in the air. They get the fuck out of there with Leia and the Death Star planets. Here comes the ghost, baby. Woo! God, that's a beautiful ship. Yeah, not only the hyperspace uh, blue lines are fantastic that, that Lucas came up with, but sort of spinning the camera as, as the ship's hyperspace away is a great touch. <laughs> this poor woman is so incompetent. I think they just... Minister Tua. I think they just straight up murder her in this episode. It's amazing she made it this long. Callus knows how to play the game enough. And as I mentioned, he gets enough minor victories to, you know, stay on Master's good side. Oh boy, here comes the big man Vader. How can you not love Vader? Even in Rogue One. It's just so horribly... Dark and depressing With everyone dying And then Vader comes in To kick you in the balls It's still glorious And the Vader comics Which I never thought I'd be able to get through Volume after volume Of Vader comics Are are excellent And he, he barely talks I'm merely a public official Yeah that's not gonna fly With Vader So Oh that's right So they're Sending her to Tarkin so they're causing her great fear and what's ultimately the end of her life and they blow up the shuttle. I'm not sure who's I'm not sure who's behind that. So Governor Price, who ultimately replaces her, is a great female imperial. You know, you have to... You gotta kiss enough... When you're like a mid- to high-level guy like Callis, you have to get enough successes, be confident enough, not fearful, kiss enough ass, but not too much it's a very fine line about surviving in the empire so here we go we're with the rebel fleet oh there's ahsoka baby oh god she looks so majestic here's the thing everyone was already obsessed with ahsoka and was so happy to have her back she's in i think eight episodes it's a very fine line because you easily could have her dominating all the episodes so even the episodes she's in (laughs) Oh, I forgot that Kanan is already putting up a stink about being tethered to the Alliance. Um, Is this the bartender from, uh, from Lothal? So this is it. I mean, you either love or don't love that from now until the end of the series, Ezra and everyone else is obsessed with saving Lothal. But because Lothal's strategic importance becomes greater and greater, or at least they become more and more aware of it you can really justify it you know the fact that it becomes the site of the tide defender factory with thrawn which is arguably they should have been putting more resources instead of the death star thrawn certainly believes it vader probably did too she's turning coats already now the thing is Callus actually uh for all of his failures in being reamed out by Tarkin and Vader and Thrawn, ultimately turns not for this reason, which is pure fear of being killed by the Empire. He's turned, he's turned by Zeb, serves as Fulcrum, and then they manage to get his ass away from Thrawn just in time. So I don't know what it is about Ahsoka's face and eyes. It's just more real for some reason than any of the other characters they just even though she looks quite different than her younger self they just in both cases ahsoka just pops off the screen so you know the rebels are always desperate they have to jump at this yeah kanan skeptical as always he's right they're all right that this is a trap but yeah yeah the factory that's it i mean the whole rebel series is based around the increasing tension and you know build up of both forces surrounding lothal and that's great it totally fits the mold of the quote-unquote smallerness clone wars were going over the entire galaxy with giant battles of thousands of people dying constantly everywhere This is a nice middle ground between the Firefly crew, you know, which is just the nine of them pulling off small heists to survive, and the epicness of the Clone Wars. I love it. And the few Rebels episodes that don't hit, it's just, you know, writing issues, or or they stall mid-season, but this one gets off to a great start. This is an excellent season premiere, and I love the following episode where we meet the surviving clones who deprogram themselves before Order 66 and are friends with Ahsoka. We'll get there. This is a great subplot. When I first saw this, I didn't quite believe that this character, Kanan, would, you know, be so quick to dismiss the rebellion. But again, his skepticism is what defines him. He's had to be super cautious. He saw Order 66, and, you know, he just wants him and his you know his love here and his friends to survive right join their little army it's too reflexi- reflective of the empire even though they're fighting the empire it's bureaucracy it's organized you know fighting but is Ezra the one who ultimately convinced him because Ezra's totally on Hera's side Ezra's is more than down to, to join in this bigger fight you know. as we've talked about in season one his idealism isn't in, is in full swing already and sometimes when kanan is going off the reservation ezra has to bring him back and sometimes kanan has to come back because ezra starts going off the reservation without him oh, callous with his probe droid that's the thing the thing is callous constantly fails when it comes to catching the ghost crew but he has enough other successes, including rooting out, um, you know, spies and, and traitors and turncoats within the rebellion to, you know, to keep his position. And, you know, I talk often about the one thing with Star Wars is the redemption of Vader and especially the proposed redemption of Kylo it makes me feel very uncomfortable after the genocide they've committed. And while the Zeb episode with him, where Zeb basically turns him without realizing it, is maybe my favorite, like, you know, episode. Uh, or at least like semi-standalone episode of the entire series, and it does sell his turn, and he does a lot, including risking his life, they don't quite address enough in season four that they would be distrustful of him, have to be watching him, make sure he's really on the right side. There's a few lines here or there. The bigger problem is there just isn't enough Callous and David Oyelowo in season four, and so they didn't really have a choice. So I can't, I can't fault them for that this i love the you know it looks like public uh these little transports that always look like you know public trains or public buses (laughs) they're just sitting there bored oh this is the feeling cold they're starting to detect vader so you know you can introduce ahsoka back for the season for so many reasons but her own subplot of coming of discovering and then coming to terms with the fact that anakin is vader and vice versa is is just so compelling and i think the reason they could only have her in eight episodes as i was getting to and had to kind of partially kill her off or get her out of the picture after the season at the end of the season was because she just dominates the attention as great as these new characters are and bringing her back in season four was as much about you know uh calming the concern and nerves of the wider star wars fan base as anything else as well as you know possibly the greatest episode of, of star wars television we've ever had in a world between worlds we will get there but you can also justify because she's been working as fulcrum at high levels for Bail again and the rebellion for a long time now; that she wouldn't just be with them at all times and plus, it's dangerous, you know? She's too valuable, they're too valuable. Actually, you know, I've, I've bitched a little bit about how the team gets split up and there's n- not enough time for some characters like Sam and, K- and Kanan, oh man, in season four. But it actually starts making sense that they start splitting up on their missions because there's just too much to do and, you know, they become increasingly valuable to the Rebellion kanan come gone Buckethead. So, yeah. So Kanan's apathy slash, you know, resistance to the resistance, to the rebellion, is making him more cavalier. overly really confident, but that's sort of what they need right now. They need some Han Solo swagger. I think that's ultimately why guys in particular love Kanan, is because it's a perfect fusion of, like, Obi-Wan and Han Solo. uh agent callus yeah ezra bridger i warn you not to underestimate that boy that's the thing about callus he may never catch him but he's the one guy at all levels who understands how dangerous bridger kanan and the ghost crew are so they set up this explosion you know, one wonders whether Tarkin is disappointed that he doesn't get to torture her or at least to ream her out before executing her or at least be there for her execution. I guess they, you know, callous is onto her, um, you know, turning coat, and so they got to get her out of the picture before any information is uh, exchanged. This looks great super cinematic so you know uh, the, the 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 main thing when you contrast just let's say two and three the middle seasons is that the special i guess we do get lots of relative l- lot of vader oh there's the bomb um oh uh, yeah he was trying to take all of them out including Tua. um <laughs> yeah, they blame it on the rebels. Classic Empire. So yeah, we get some Vader, but it's all through the lens of Ahsoka. So Ahsoka's like the special guest, recurring guest in season two, Thrawn is even more present in three. And so if you love great bad guys, Thrawn is one of the best. There's no doubt. The fact that he's like the main character from the nineties expanded universe that they actually brought back in mostly recognizable form and adapted to Canon and the new properties is staggering, mind blowing, you know, amazing accomplishment. um, However, you know, I'm a rebel guy and I'm, you know, I'm a light side guy. So for me, I'd rather have Ahsoka be the recurring character. And that's why Vader works for me is because, you know, we're seeing Anakin through Padme in the prequels and right after the prequels and through the eyes of Luke and then through the eyes of Ahsoka, you know, we're always seeing Vader through good guys' eyes who we love. And that's why in the Vader comics, they need they needed him it's not just that they wanted to have lots of stories of him running into han solo princess leia and luke that was part of it but you can't just have vader because he doesn't talk that much and that's why they have to introduce a super talkative wild card rogue character like afra to bounce off of him in the the early vader comics because he just he can't carry it by himself or you need tarkin you need someone to bounce off of him so they get james earl jones He sounds like his Rogue One self, which is a little different than his original trilogy self, but fuck it. It's James Earl Jones. So I don't know if I told the full story. If you've listened to my podcast, you know that I didn't watch any of the animated series until I saw fell in love with rogue one was like i gotta see rebels it's takes place right before i hear it's great and then i love ahsoka so I, and i hear anakin obi-wan are great and the, and the clone wars went back to the clone Wars. so i did everything backwards now it's all mixed up you know i re clone wars i rewatch rebels then some more rebels and some more clone wars so it's all a bit of a blur i can definitively say i've seen the rebels episodes and watch them closely many more times than clone wars Um, although as I maybe mentioned, I haven't actually watched these in since like last year when I started doing the commentaries and then took like an eight month break. Here's chopper being chopper. So I managed to mostly avoid talking about the Pixar animation and it took me a while for my eyes and brain to adjust. this because i don't normally like pixar but you look at these stormtroopers and you look at the aliens and you look at the droids and you look at the ships and so the few humans which look as you know look a little off as they do in all pixar stuff it just falls into place the eyes are always the problem with this stuff but So then I watch Clone Wars, right? And I'm going, oh, I much prefer the Clone Wars style of animation. And you know what? It is more cinematic. It's more epic. It is more anime as well. And so, in a lot of ways, on paper, the the aesthetic animation style of Clone Wars would, you know, again, on paper, be more my preference. However, because I really prefer the writing, somewhat smaller scale, you know, character development. Um, of Rebels where you have one or two episodes in a row that are self-contained but a, a, a single narrative running throughout as opposed to these exhausting, exhaustive and exhausting three or four episode arcs in Clone Wars where it's battle, 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 battle and then switch to a brand new story with some like Ahsoka banished to the library in the middle which I actually love. I mean, Clone Wars actually makes you really appreciate you know, the quote-unquote standalone episodes, because everything else is so intense and exhausting. Part of the reason, by the way, guys, I I needed to do this in the same day as, like, the final six episodes or whatever of season one, Uh, the final three episodes of season one are so fast and so kinetic, and I'm just listening back on, I'm, like, losing my mind about how much is going on, and then it's like, "Ah, what, Rebels, Ahsoka, Vader, close, I love that they start the season with, with the double episode. You can sort of ease into it a little bit. There's plenty of action, but it lets it breathe. And they really perfected the two episode arcs in Rebels. Oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> this I love. This is one of my favorite moments in television. Ezra tries t- to mind control him, fails. Kanan steps in, does it for him. Here it comes one of the best lines. I wish that worked for me. I wish it worked on you <laughs> that says everything this is everything this is everything he you know he's never gonna mind control him he couldn't even if he wanted to so he's complimenting him he's claiming to be frustrated but like i said whenever he mocks sarcastic frustration with ezra it's usually a compliment as it was there and ezra knows that it. it's when kanan's being serious that scares uh, or stresses out ezra but mostly, as his therapist as I'm always saying, Kanan is is generally successful at mixing up, uh, you know, niggy, brotherly love with a little tough love and then a little, you know, huggy-huggy kind of love. I mean, actually, no, they do hug. He cries in Kanan's shoulder at least once. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here's the thing about Zeb and i will continue to say criminally underused in the series his episodes are some of the best of my favorite but his giant hands and feet smashing and throwing stormtroopers never gets old especially when you throw in him and sabine fighting together there you know is an excellent and extremely lethal duo all right so what's going on here i'm getting so caught up in just the new season and the character development Sometimes you lose track of the plot, you know, which I actually like. Uh, for a comics, parallel, I read a lot of image comics these days because they're, you know, rated R. They're adult comics. They're pretty bloody. They're mostly character studies. They're not that focused on plot. They're focused on character and creating an aesthetic and, and a vibe and in world building. You know, X-Men, they have to find new ways or the Avengers or DC need to find the new ways over 70 years to tell the same story with the same characters over and over again. But the mistake they make is to k- keep coming up with new plots that are just recycled. Up oh, here it is. It's Vader, baby. Rebels has plenty of plot, but when it succeeds, which is usually its characters, I mean, this looks straight out of the movie. You look at Vader and the Stormtroopers that looks live action. And this was really sold it to me. Uh, Ahsoka and Vader, it, it season two, it, it was lo- locked me into the show. I mean, they're really what the animated series is about. It's all about Anakin and Ahsoka. And even though I don't think we see much of Vader, we definitely don't see much of Ahsoka after this season. It sets the tone. It sets the stakes bridges to rogue one original trilogy and beyond all right right so he dispenses with ezra super fast kanan survives like five seconds <laughs> gets thrown oh smash the face smash yeah the thing is it's so dark but the, the little bit of disney physical humor starts working for me more and more oh god this is classic vader it's gonna have ezra slice his own neck off against as will. Does Ahsoka come in here? Nope. Kanan comes back just in time. Um, Vader murders tons of people in the comics. Like, it it's implied that it happens in the cartoons and the movies and we see some of it, but he really murders a lot of people straight up to be fair. So does Luke and the the good guys. And you know, I continue to believe more and more that one of the many reasons I prefer star Wars over comic books is that it's both real, more realistic and more what I want in escapism, which is you don't want to kill anyone, but if they're genocidal and there's no other way to stop them, without risking thousands, millions, or billions of lives, you got to take them out. And Luke will do that, especially in the comics. And so there's a lot of killing in the comics. Oh, man. Oh, did they just force drop the walker on Vader together? And now Vader's going to lift it. Here it comes. Yeah. In one of the very first of the new Star Wars comics, the mainline Star Wars from 2015, uh, Han, who's barely able to steer a giant at at walker tries to step on vader and the foot just stops in midair it's kind of reminiscent of, of that but I mean, it's an amazing image in those comics because it's the first meeting of luke hanley and the crew oh it's shot in the face good thing it's mandalorian armor uh it's their first meeting with vader post uh death star one destruction and witnessing his full display of power leia gets almost homicidal obsessive with killing vader and there's actually a great arc early on in the mainline new star wars comics they don't explore enough of han actually being the one to be like leia calm down you're getting a lot of us killed we're not gonna take this guy out by just throwing y-wings and x-wings and bombs and lasers and soldiers at him you can understand because of alderaan and maybe deep down the father connection maybe she senses it and she knows how dangerous he is. She's not wrong to want to take him out, but it—it's it, it, getting personal too much, and Leia loses sight of it. Here's the Sith Lord. Yeah, fight him. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And they gotta jump away as we're gonna go. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, Kanan survived Order sixty six. wasn't a full Jedi Knight. Still isn't. Uh, but he knows all about Sith Lords. He was, he was educated at the Jedi Academy. His, oh God, his, his master has such a cool look and name. I, I got to look it up. Uh, so I'll get back to you about that because like I, as I mentioned uh, in a previous podcast, the Kanan comics is written for kids and I don't, and don't like the, the, uh, the art style, but, it does tell a great story about how he's very Ezra-like and rejuvenates the career of his master who had been humiliated by a major loss in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Right. This is the advantage that the bad guys always have is we may not be able to catch, you know, their best people, but we can burn the thing they love to the ground because we don't care. And they do. Oh, here's Lando. Oh, he does come back. yeah this is already uh billy d acting more appropriately like lando would in this situation he's still gonna ask for money and try and swindle them but it's interesting to think where between now which is three or four years before uh, death star one and some more time before empire i mean he sells Han now but he doesn't understand why and he's scared to death of darth vader how can you blame him you know so he has a bit of a change of heart uh between now and then i'm not sure when the comic of of, of him takes place so So obviously, you know, Canaan's real name is Caleb Doom. You know, this is and Jarrus is a, is an alias. You get that from the comics, you get that from the book. Uh, I do a discussion in one of my mid-season one episodes about all the biblical and other mythological names, Hera, Caleb, Canaan, Ezra, and so forth. You can check that out. Okay, okay, these instructions. It's funny to give, like, a southern, uh, tilt and swagger to, to, to Lando's droid. Okay, Depa, Depa, uh, Depa Bilaba is Caleb's master. I have trouble pronouncing it. Depa Palaba. You have to sort of say it at once. She's got one of those names. So, oh, they have a live-action person. Interesting. Cast as her. Uh... But, you know, she's rejuvenated through Kanan's loyalty and enthusiasm and ultimately saves his life. So she yeah Deba Palaba is she sounds you know kind of Indian and she has like a dot actually a couple dots on her face I think she's supposed to be sort of yes yeah, southern southeast Asian or, or South Asian I should say in kind of look and skin tone and so forth. Um, I won't tell her full story now I'll sort of reveal it as we go through this series but she's a human female. yeah he's finally starting to tell some of the lore to to Ezra about all the Jedi thousands Jedi gone yeah and this is right, and Kanan Kanan thinks this is supporting his argument for not joining the rebellion is people like Vader but if Ezra's (laughs) up for it and saying I'm not afraid Kanan Kanan can't back away does he get on board with the rebellion already in this uh in this episode? I can't remember if it happens this quickly. Oh right. Yeah. 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 They have to leave. Right. They have to leave in order to save it. It's so depressing. But they're playing the long game. I think they had a very strong idea, considering Filoni, you know, had had in mind four seasons. And there's some interesting, actually, reasons they think generationally. You know, kids start watching things at either three, four, five, or six, and then watch till you know seven, eight, nine, or ten. That uh, part of the reason the Clone Wars ratings went down, even though season five was the best season, was because the generation kind of flipped over to the next one. So they were always going to do four seasons. I think they had most of this planned out. They must've known Theron was coming back. They clearly knew Ahsoka was coming back. There's a little beacon. Oh God, the Star Destroyers look amazing. in um, the two testicles. It's <laughs> the shield. How is, who is this woman who is cast as Depa Palaba? This is fascinating. I guess she was, uh, in episode three <laughs> Yeah, she was in the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Wow. Huh? Interesting. I wonder if she was in was she in the fight? Was she in the attack of the clones fight huh whoa yeah she definitely fought grievous uh, the woman who they cast is very elegant almost like middle-aged indian woman but the uh, the animated her is 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 great trying to save a copy of the image for the podcast thank you linda christian yeah Mm mm-hmm right oh here it comes yeah sabine's sabine could go either way you know they both took her in so she can't take sides Yeah, Zeb has a sense of honor. I love that Zeb wants to join. Out of sheer honor. Yes. She puts it up to a vote. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's framing this as as saving Lothal, but... I think he's selling it to himself and to Kanan, but deep down, maybe not even that deep down, he wants in of, of the greater cause, but being so young and just starting to see the galaxy and all this craziness with Vader and Ahsoka and everything, he's still attached to his home and he always is, which is great, <laughs> which you know makes the final Ezra appearance in the last episode even crazier because he's so tethered to Lothal and then all of a sudden he's like outside the galaxy spoiler alert yeah guys t- total spoilers from now until the uh, the end of the series sorry if I didn't uh, didn't mention mention them and then that before mm-hmm so great to see the rebel fleet always you know it's funny you know you see the jump in out of nowhere of the rebel fleet with radis at rogue one it's so glorious and you're like ah it's just like return of the jedi but actually the marshalling of the fleet in jedi and the jump into hyperspace is what's glorious and mostly we see the jump out of hyperspace Uh, next to the death star from the perspective of the x-wing pilots which is very effective and uh, makes the, the the decision how to frame the rogue one uh jump out of hyperspace even more brilliant okay here we go here's vader and this is what you can also do by the way in uh a double episode is normally uh, this final battle you'd have like 3 4 5 minutes we've got like 7 8 minutes i don't know how long it actually goes but you can really have an epic final battle to start the to start the season off and it's it, it, you know this is a great opening double episode <laughs> twilight of the apprentice to end the season double episode is probably you know the the best uh thing of the whole series honestly I mean, Twilight of the Apprentice in 47 minutes is as effective as any Star Wars movie. Boom. Taking out the A-Wings. So I love A-Wings for the same reason I love the ghost. It's so practical. It's so old school. You know, it's kind of bubbly and, and circular and round and sort of maternal almost, if that makes sense. Some people think they look goofy, but God damn you if you say so! Because Tally in her a wing and uh, she's so gorgeous, and adorable. Poor Tally, they kill her at the beginning of Last Jedi. Oh man, we get two unbelievably gorgeous and charismatic actors at the beginning of Last Jedi. In Paige, uh, Tika, and Paige, Tico, and Tally—they both die. Yes, my baby. Yes, she's already forming a bond. Uh, look at the. The mischievous look on Ahsoka's face; she's ready to get into it. Her, her and Vader definitely have a mind connection at some point here. Might even knock her out. Man, Vader is just murderating the A-wings. So you know. Obviously, Vader's ship is way more maneuverable than the Ghost. But the Ghost has lots of shielding and armor, turrets all over the place. Hair is the best pilot in the galaxy. Sorry, Han Solo. Sorry, Sana Solo or Sana, whatever her name is. Right. So Suka's tagging along. Other than Manning or Womaning the cannons, that Sabine's got it covered. I'm sure Ezra's on the other one, but she already senses something. Uh. It's interesting they didn't mention the Sith Lord or Vader to her, or maybe they did off screen. This is, I think she goes into like cardiac arrest coming up. And then at the end of this episode, now oh, here we go. One thing at a time, Bizzle, one thing at a time. Oh yeah. The mind meld. And, th- and this is the thing is ah- Ahsoka doesn't, at any point like officially or directly train up kanan but just being around her and experiencing this stuff with her he gets better culminating in in twilight of the apprentice and now they're all sensing it the coldness i mean darth vader is like a walking black hole he is a sith virgin that's the thing i haven't talked about enough sith virgins don't just appear on places they appear in people He's created, he's warping space-time with his evil coldness. Here it comes. Look at the, the snarl on her. Here it goes. Ahsoka, no! The apprentice lives! Oh my god. So they they, 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 they frame and run her voice in an echo in the distance, but they must have had Ashley Eckstein just scream over and over again in the sound booth. I would love to have seen that, seen those sessions. She's out, but she will get stronger and stronger as, she learns more because she's fucking Ahsoka. I mean, the biggest problem is they bring Ahsoka back in spectacular fashion from like a lore standpoint late in season four, but she doesn't get to stick around for the final battle. And I get for the reasons I described earlier, they didn't want to distract from the rebels team in the finale, but you know, I wish Filoni hadn't resisted that urge as much. And we, and we had Ahsoka, up here but we get it for the season so Bizzle stop being greedy because she's so great in this season the thing is there's something about even young Ahsoka but especially older Ahsoka when they get in these catatonic states (laughs) they never feel like helpless you know it's never like woman in refrigerator syndrome it's just because she's so powerful with the force she can't help but feel everything Uh, hera going straight at him <laughs> i love the visor over the eyes look it's like dog you know those those shaggy fluffy dogs that can't see their eyes because the hair's over it oh man they're already in escape pods they're losing corvettes man so basically they have a decent fleet And then they get crushed a couple times, specifically by Thrawn, and then they have to build up again for Rogue One, and then they lose most of that fleet, which explains why they don't have that many ships, actually, in Death Star 1 battle, and then after a couple years go by, or whatever it is, Return of the Jedi, they're able to build up once more and then the new republic stupidly thinks the threat is over retires most of their military star killer base takes out the rest this looks like they're gonna do the kamikaze move with the A-wing from return of the jedi era yeah you think uh, it's great turd on top turd on bottom oh though yeah yeah, he gets stuck in the tractor beam gravity well between the ships. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Does he strangle these guys? I don't think we... I mean, that's one thing you gotta say for the movies and the comics is the strangulation. Yeah, this is passing the buck. This is it. That's how you survive in the Empire. You continually pass off any failure, perceived failure, to subordinates or at least people that are on your level here we go all right guys this was great to get back i can't wait for more ahsoka yeah the inquisitor yeah it's important to establish the power levels as i've kind of been getting to about vader being much more powerful than the inquisitors obviously clone wars yeah So, she says, no, I don't. I, (laughs) like, in terms of her outer monologue, if you will, you know, she doesn't say it until the end of the season Twilight of The Apprentice. So, one of the things we'll have to look for is, when do we think she knows? I think she's already feeling Anakin, but she's like, there's no way. Look at her face. She already, yep, she knows. I mean, she doesn't know, but she... She could tell. Yeah, she can tell. Oh yeah, and he does he report to the Emperor and says the apprentice lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Clear the bridge. <laughs> Callus wants to know. Here we go. The kneeling. Yes, my master. God, this is so good. I think this is Sam Witwer. Now, they did, in season four, get Ian McDermott to come back. And honestly, I think Witwer sounds, at this point, sounds more like evil Return of the Jedi Palpatine than Ian McDermott does of himself. Although, when he's... Playing as nice, sweet Grandpa Palpatine, you definitely want Ian McDermott. And I think this is Whitmore. It was her, right? Are you certain? Obviously, this is a direct mirror of. Are you certain about Luke Skywalker? Yeah, obviously, Luke is not in the picture yet. Yep, Kenobi. Yeah, he already suspects that Kenobi is alive, so. Oh uh, man, yeah! Send the inquisitors to do the dirty work, obviously. Mm-hmm. There you have it, people. This is a great opening episode. I know people like season three's uh, double opener. Nice job, Dave Filoni, whole cast and crew. Ashley Eckstein, awesome to have you back. Oh man, Ahsoka's so great. Um, but I, 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 I can't think of that many bad episodes in season two. And even if there are a couple that are just so slow, you don't have long enough to dwell on it because then you get an Ahsoka episode. You know, with Jedi stuff, and it's great. And you know what? The only thing better than two Jedi with Ezra and Kanan is three Jedi with Ezra, Kanan, and Ahsoka. Thank you for joining me. This has been great. You have been awesome. May the Force be with you. And for now, the Bizzle is out.